Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Low Seaters, for uh, a day in the week. I'm joined by Carl. It's Friday. It's the best day of the week. Who's uh, frustrated about it being Friday? <laughs> no, I'm frustrated. <laughs> it's, about all, it's also the <laughs> It's the 17th <laughs> of November. Yeah. No, I so, didn't know the date until I literally just checked. So I, yeah, I do rely on the podcast. No, it's, it it's the worst day of year, apparently. Anyway, so I'm also joined by Harry. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Um, yeah. Lack of standards, Callum. Live in the future. I mean, have... you too, not knowing what day it is until you're on the podcast. Yeah, the podcast is how I find out what day. Yeah, now what? A loser over here doesn't know what the day yeah, of the, the week. Podcast is. is how I find out what day. It is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do you do? You come in and wait until the podcast on the weekends, and then you're like, "Damn, <laughs> I don't need to know what day it is on the weekends." Why? Because I'm not doing anything. How do you know? Because I never do anything on the weekends. But how do you <laughs> how know it's the, the weekend? weekend? Because I'm not at work. But how do you, how do you know, know not to go into work? <laughs> okay, this has tripped Callum up before, after all. Yeah, I don't know. I'll the conversation. But because my kids aren't in school, it gets quite oh, okay. Hairy. That makes sense. Quite, quite, it gets quite hairy during the holidays, to be honest. So you have two days there is kids in, kids not in, and then yeah. you come here and find out which one of those kids not in days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But today, so we are talking about Gavin Newsom being actually Patrick Bateman. Uh, we all love the civil Exaggerating service. Exaggerating that. We all love the civil service. And also TikTok Zuma's new hero, who um, blessed be Sheikh Osama's name, because um, <laughs> just an austere religious scholar. Yeah, it's just a local man who's writing a book, page at a time. Local Saudi man in in refuge in Afghanistan. Yeah, so we'll get into that later, but we shall begin with uh, well Patrick Bateman. So it seems like Gavin Newsom is actually Patrick Bateman, like the guy from American Psycho, the guy the TikTok Zuma. Literally name. me. They know him from the memes, but they've never seen the film. They don't know anything about the character. Uh, well, Gavin Newsom actually resembles him in many regards, and I find it really funny. Gavin Newsom is like Patrick Bateman if he carried on into politics, right? Because I assume that's what the second one was about. I haven't seen I haven't read it. Are we living the second one? Um, maybe. I haven't read it. But, um, but the point is, like in the film, Bateman's 27, right? And that's roughly where Gavin Newsom was. Is that time of life. And so basically, Gavin Newsom is if Patrick Bateman then goes into politics. And this is what we're seeing. And so you, you covered it earlier in the week, the uh, cleaning up. Oh, yeah. Of San Francisco. San Francisco because communists were arriving. So we've got to roll out the red carpets. Communist dictators. Yeah. Um, there's been further developments on that. And I just thought, well, we may as well cover it because it's just really amusing to see the state of California. And the thing is, it, talks, it speaks more broadly about Californian politics as a whole, right? So uh, before we begin, go and watch our Lads Hour from yesterday where Sebastian Gorka joined us to discuss whether 2024 is going to be our year. Um, spoiler alert, I don't think it's going to be Newsom's year, but it may well be ours. Who knows? Both in America and Britain. Uh, for me, hope springs eternal. I realize that... Uh, it's not an entirely popular outlook. Yeah, I was going to say, I realize there's a lot of doomerism on the right. But, uh, but I'm forever the optimist and think that maybe, just maybe, something could go our way just once, just like in 2016, actually. Something might happen yeah. this time. Yeah, something good might happen. No, lots of things happen. They're just all terrible. But something good might happen. Uh, but this was a really great lads out because it was obviously great having Sebastian Gorker on. Um, but anyway, so who's that? That's Christian Bale. It looks like Christian Bale, doesn't it? No, that's Gavin Newsom in 1997. Why is he looking at a picture of himself on his <laughs> screen? Question. That's a great question, Callum. No, that's that's Newsom. In, sorry, nineteen ninety nine. 
Is he looking at the picture we're currently looking at in the photo? I mean, I have no idea. His hands are clasped in the same way he's looking off to the side. I mean, that might be a second angle that he has of himself. Do you have any idea? (laughs) I don't know why. I have no idea, but the the resemblance is just remarkable, right? And so is the resemblance in his life. So his parents divorced when he was three, right? And he was raised by his mother. And it, I'm going through his Wikipedia page, which is voluminous. Like it's very, very detailed. Which one, American Psycho or Patrick Bay? Hard to tell. That's the same thing, or genuinely hard to tell, right? Um, but Bateman was never, never really good at school. He's dyslexic, so he, he was quite good at sports. Um, but his father is somehow mysteriously absent. And I was reading through his Wikipedia page. Where's the information about his dad? We'll get to it in a bit, right? Because uh, he was raised by his mother with uh, his two siblings, uh, and his, sorry, and his sister. And he recalls that there were Christmases where his mother said, you will not receive any gifts. And you think, oh God, the father must have been hard up, must have been rough. Yeah, no, right. We'll get to it. But, uh, but he worked several jobs in high school and he managed to get a partial baseball scholarship because he was quite good at sports. And then when he graduates with a Bachelor of Science in Political Science, he goes into business and he creates the company called Plump Jack Associates. Plump Jack is uh, a name for uh, John Falstaff, the big, fat, annoying prick in Henry IV, who knows a lot about Henry V. Um, but, uh, Sorry, I wasn't alive in the 1200s. The, no, neither was I. But the point being, it's a cultural reference to the sort of waspy Californian aristocracy from which Newsom comes. And this is very easy to identify when you... Uh, he, he starts the business, Plump Jack Winery, in 1992 with the financial help of a family friend called Gordon Getty. Well, that's nice of him. Who's Gordon Getty? Gordon Getty is the heir to the oil tycoon billionaire fortune of the Getty estate, and he controls the Getty estate's billionaire fortunes. And so, okay, he's, he's part of the sort of upper crust of Californian society, and uh, apparently he treats him like his own son and invested in the business venture because of that close relationship that they have. But they're successful. Plump Jack Winery, by the way, is a boutique winery in Oakville, California. Specializes in premium cabaret Sauvignon wines. So where can I get the wine? <laughs> uh, it was also the first winery in Napa Valley to use screw caps uh, in, uh, instead of like corks. But you know, fancy. But anyway, they were successful. The business grows. They get more than 700 employees. And between 1993 and 2000, Newsom and his investors open up loads of other businesses all around California. And Newsom ends up owning loads of stuff, um, a bunch of restaurants, retail clothing stores, and making you know half a million a year as his personal sort of takeaway from it all. So he's a very successful guy, right? Then he goes into politics. He first volunteers for Willie Brown's campaign for mayor in 1995. Newsom hosts fundraisers at his private Plump Jack Cafe. Uh, he appoints, he gets appointed. In fact, now Brown appoints him to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Um, he's sworn in by his father to the board because his father is a judge and one of the high-ranking judges in California. So the family isn't struggling for money. It's just for some reason his dad gives away lots of money. Very suspicious. But his, his, uh, his dad is William Alfred Newsom. Uh, he's an American judge and the administrator of the Getty Family Trust. So he administrates the billions that the oil baron Getty family had accumulated. It's all very 
again, WASP aristocracy where everyone's essentially married into the same group of families. This is what Newsom comes out of. Uh, he then uh, basically climbs the ranks for a number of years, and he does things that aren't terribly unsensible initially. Um, he wants to reform the city's railway system. Uh, he supports allowing restaurants to serve alcohol outdoors. He supports business interests in the face of labor unions. But at the same time, he also advances a very, very socially left-wing agenda. Uh, he, we'll get to it, but like, he does loads of things that are just not great. Right? Um, he supports affordable housing projects and stuff like this, which is all fine. Um, he also uh, supports an initiative to stop giving homeless druggies money. Instead, give them free things. Give them treatment, give them um, like help from behavioral specialists and stuff like this. So he knows that actually being a homeless druggie isn't good, and actually giving them money just gives them more drugs. Interesting to know. He becomes mayor of San Francisco in 2004, um, and he says that he's a different kind of leader who isn't afraid to solve the toughest problems. And that's true, actually. When you put American Psycho in charge of a city, he definitely will solve tough problems, as we saw with Xi Jinping. Uh, but he, he's always challenged by the, the left of the Democrats, but they just want him to do what he's doing just a little bit faster and more irresponsibly, actually. Um, but he completely crushes them, to be honest. Uh, because he runs as like a business-friendly centrist Democrat uh, with the slogan, Great Cities, Great Ideas. He was personally in charge of overseeing San Francisco's decline into what it is now. FYI, he's been doing this So was time. it was it during his tenure as mayor that San Francisco descended into what it is today, um, or was it after he left that whoever took over afterwards? Because I know that... It, it is after he left. Is it London left, Breed but, that they've got as mayor at the moment? Yeah, it is after he left, but, but that's because he kept ascending, right? So he's still... He becomes then, after that, the lieutenant governor of San Francisco, but that's in 2011, so he's the mayor for a while. And don't get me wrong, San Francisco isn't terrible at this point, um, but he, he keeps ascending, and so he's still a very important figure in Californian politics. Um, he sees, he constantly seeks to do left-wing stuff. Like he's tried to, he, he, he brought in, uh, he ordered judges to issue gay marriage licenses in California, in San Francisco, when it was illegal to do so. I was going to say, this would have been around the time of, I think it's Proposition 8 in yeah. California, where they voted, the, the public voted that, no, we don't want gay yes. marriage. And that was in California. Yeah, and Newsom was like, no, you're getting it, even though it's federally illegal. Uh, and also, he's like, we need to end capital punishment. And the Californians are like, no, we don't. And he was like, hmm, damn, that sucks. I'll be back, though, literally like the Terminator. So he failed, he failed to ban capital punishment in 2012. And in 2016, he pr uh, tried to repeal the death penalty with Proposition 62. That failed as well. Um, and so he could give up at that point. You would think so, right? But he's soon to become the governor. And therefore, democracy won't matter. Um, he also completely endorsed legalizing uh, marijuana and uh, recategorizing nonviolent offenses like drug and property crimes as misdemeanors as opposed to felonies. Uh, this all passed in 2014. So he is one of the people who is key in turning California into the S-hole that it is today. Doesn't affect him, of course, because he's a multimillionaire. He owns lots of businesses. He's politically important. But for you, and for some reason, the progressive left, like, this isn't good enough. We want to oust him. So, but he's ruining it in exactly the way you want. Like he's, he's doing every rubbish thing that would make things worse, just not quite as fast as you like. But anyway, then he becomes governor in 2019. Right? And almost immediately, a recall petition is introduced by uh, a deputy sheriff in one of the counties. Um, because Newsom was turning California into a sanctuary state and said 
He endorsed laws that favoured foreign nationals in our country illegally, according to the sheriff. So this is an attack from the right on Newsom. Uh, that California had high homelessness, high taxes, and low quality of life, and described other grievances. All things that Newsom helped facilitate into being. Uh, the recall election was held and failed, and uh, in response to the Trump administration's crackdown on immigrants with criminal records, Newsom gave heightened consideration to people in this situation. Uh, and so he basically pardoned a bunch of them. So it's like, oh, you're illegally here with a criminal record. I mean, you'd think that'd be a crime in itself, but don't worry about that. Uh, you're pardoned. Thanks, Mr. Newsom. Really appreciate that. Uh, he also gave them expedited reviews on the boards of parole hearings and stuff. These are basically privileged illegal immigrants who are also criminals. Uh, he spoke in favor of Assembly Bill 1196, which would ban uh, certain kinds of restraints, like carteroid artery restraints. So basically, the police aren't allowed to choke you out. Uh, so this this tactic is literally designed to stop people's blood flowing to their brain and has no place in 21st century practices because it's the current year. Uh, in 2020, he signed a bill into law allowing transgender inmates to be placed into the prisons that correspond with their gender identity. And he declared a state of emergency in COVID, of course, had a massive lockdown. We all remember that. Uh, and so this is very interesting because he just keeps kind of failing upwards. Now, in 2021, the Los Angeles Times had to report that, well, Newsom's administration has uh, mismanaged $11.4 billion by uh, disimbursing unemployment benefits to ineligible claimants, especially those paid through the federally funded pandemic unemployment assistance. And another 19 billions in claims remained under investigation for fraud. The people around him also got promoted upwards, and Joe Biden thinks he's great. So basically, put simply, he is literally a progressive version of Patrick Bateman if he went into politics. And the parallels, the mimetic parallels are just staggering to me. Anyway, so as I said at the beginning, we did talk about how he's made and has been instrumental in making San Francisco an absolute whole. And not just San Francisco, but California itself, but the major city of California, an absolute whole. And uh, when one day San Francisco actually didn't have loads of homeless druggies on the streets, everyone was like, what's happened here? And they were like, did they clean up because Xi Jinping was coming? And Gavin Newsom uh, came out and was like, yeah. That's literally why we cleaned up. Um, let, let's just watch and pay attention Folks, to his mannerisms because they're really funny. They all, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true <laughs> because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC. We've been having different conversations. Folks say all. You just cleaned up because the fancy leaders in Chinese dictators are coming. That's true, because it's true. What? What? Do you know what the follow-on to that? Statement? I mean, I'm interested to see what he was talking about when he says that there were other different kinds of conversations going on behind the scenes. Because I would love to. I've only seen that clip. Was it? Was it conversations watching Callum segment on all of the literal feces running down the streets of San Francisco? Going, oh boy, I don't know about that. No, no. Um, we we actually have more information because uh, people were like, "Hang on a sec, Gavin. That sounds really bad." And uh, it makes it sound like you don't care about the people of San Francisco at all. You just care about the opinion of a Chinese dictator who comes over and is going to see a city. And he's like, uh, yeah. Anytime you put on an event, by definition, you know, you, you have people over your house, you're going to clean up the house. You have 21 world leaders. You've got tens of thousands of people coming from all uh, around the globe. Uh, what an opportunity to showcase the world's most extraordinary place, San Francisco. 
anytime you put on. It's just for a while, it's been extraordinary for all the wrong reasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but just the the, the look. Think of the guy's framing, right? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm part of California royalty. You're plebeians who need to walk through the streets that are covered in crap and full of drug addicted psychos. That's normal, and that's how things should be. But when Xi Jinping comes over, no, no, we got to clean up because, of course, when you have a guest over, you clean up your house. You don't normally live like you know. You don't think you normally live like that. And it's just like what, what kind of person is this? Right? Like you, I will literally make the people who pay my wages live in the worst kind of conditions. And he's so secure in the position. He's literally just like, yeah, that's true because it's true. What are you going to do? Vote Republican? Like, you're going to vote for me regardless? I don't care about your vote. I don't care about any of this. And that's the position of California politics. That's the guy who's in charge of the entire state. I think it's even worse than that. He's not addressing the people at all. No. I mean, it is like a local communist cadre during the Maoist era when Mao was coming and they would clean up the local area, make sure he didn't see any of the famine, yeah. etc. And then he'd bugger off home. And the whole point there and his speech there where he's saying, we've got to clean up for him coming around. That's him talking to his fellow elites. The normal people yeah. aren't even in the room. And yeah. they don't need to be in the room, nor do they matter, as you say, politically. Like, it, they don't matter and never will to him. Yes. Well, the most, most of the populations of the major cities are either um, Mexicans who've been imported in the past mm -hmm. few decades who are guaranteed to vote Democrat because they're the ones that We're got the them in. The Gibbs. Yeah, they're, 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 they're the Gibbs and they're who got them in in the first place. Or drug addicts who, mm -hmm. if they have the right to vote, uh, if they can vote, are going to vote for Democrat because they're the ones who keep giving them clean needles. But it, it's just mad, isn't it? The, the phenomenal contempt that he just displays. Like, yeah, of course I cleaned up because Xi Jinping was coming. I'm not going to clean up for you. Why would I clean up? What are you talking about? Of course you're not getting cleaned up. But anyway, so uh, he, you know, met his Joe Biden and uh, um, Newsom met their fellow supervillain uh, in Xi Jinping. Um, Apparently, it was doom met for this evening. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, it's, honestly, that's literally what this looks like. And it, again, it just looks like this kind of international class of supervillains that are occupying a destroyed country at this point. Um, but uh, you yeah, know, they, they they sat, they chatted. They were like, "Yeah, we need closer ties." Actually, you know, we we need the better U.S.-China relations. Taiwan's a thorn in both of their sides. And uh, what? The U.S. is now referring to Taiwan as a thorn in their own side. Well, they didn't call it that. I'm okay. The, 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 the Taiwan is a, a thorn in the, the side of the negotiation they're having. Because they're trying to build friendly relations, but of course China's got a pretty hardline stance well, on Taiwan, and we've got a pretty hardline stance on Taiwan. So you know, it's hard to be buddies with the evil villains. Um, but they, Joe, Joe Biden's doing his best. He is doing his best. But he did also, at a press conference shortly afterwards, um, was asked, well, is Xi Jinping a dictator? And Biden was like, yeah, he's a dictator. <laughs> I, I mean, not even joking. We've got a clip from, uh, this is this is Anthony Blinken, <laughs> Secretary of State. Um, looking, quite, on, looking on the verge of tears. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he's about to top himself because why am I here? Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is the guy who runs a country that is a communist country that is based on a government totally different than ours. Well, th think about Blinken, from his perspective. He's 
just got back from a tour of the Middle East where he's yep. completely failed in his yep. duty. He came back harrowing. Yeah, to get yeah. anything that he wanted, all of his responsibilities for foreign relations down the toilet, and he's thinking, okay, maybe we can at least salvage something with China at the moment. Maybe I can speak to Xi and ask him, please stop sending fentanyl here. And then Joe Biden comes out and goes, yeah, he's a dictator. Please stop sending planes over Taiwan. It's making everyone nervous. Yeah, Joe Biden's like, yeah, publicly, he's an evil supervillain. And yeah. then Blinken's like, no, <laughs> yeah, no. But, but my that, job's already hard enough. But that's the point. Like, I don't think they realize what the difference between themselves and Xi Jinping really is. I mean, you know, when he went to California, I mean, you clean up. Is that a you, basketball jersey? Yeah, you give him a shirt with Z on it. Because why don't you look at it? Oh, of course, you know, you know. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure treasure that. Real recognizes real. He mainly looks confused in this photograph. Of course, he's confused. But so point, why are you giving me this? Sure, but in the same way that if you know the, the king went to an African tribe and they gave him like a headdress of ostrich feathers or something, he'd be like, okay, thank you, I appreciate that. I understand that, that to you that is an important gift, and uh, I will Gavin, be throwing this in the bin as soon as I get home. Sure, thank you. Sure, but like. The point is, you know, they've got him a, a prestigious little thing, which is lovely from their standards. But that's the point, isn't it? This is, this is who they care about. It is not you. And it's very, very clear that that's the case. But uh, so the question is, well, is he going to be a rival to Biden? Uh, Newsom, though, who personally has publicly denied that he intends to be the president. I mean, I, honestly, there's something, there's something about President American Psycho that completes the supervillain arc, I think. I mean, Biden's an incompetent evil man. Newsom is not incompetent, and he's still evil, possibly more so. Biden, in fact, is so incompetent, he's literally like, yeah, Newsom could do my job. <laughs> this is why there's so much speculation on people going, hang on a second, is Biden just going to get ousted and Newsom put in because Biden's terrible? I think a sloth could do the job that Biden does. Sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> Biden literally says he could do anything he wants. He could do the jo job I'm looking for. Um, but Newsom himself comes out and explicitly says, no, I'm not running, blah, blah, blah. Because, of course, why run now? Wait until afterwards. There's no point making a big uh, song and dance in the Democrat Party. Interestingly, I forgot to put the link up for this. Uh, Trump um, beats them both in polling. So, good. You know, so, even if they ran Newsom, Trump's going to smash him. And that's uh, how, how does Newsom stand up to the other Republican candidates, though? I actually didn't check because I don't care about them because it's going to be Trump. Well, it's, it's going to be Trump, but when we're talking about you know, he's going to hold off in 2024 exactly. once Trump's run out his terms, exactly. who is he going to be up against and how does he stand to them? Yeah, I, I could have looked at it, but Trump doesn't have a clear successor at this point either, so I don't even know. Um, but, uh, but I think Newsom is Biden his time, obviously. Uh, but it's entirely possible that America will get President American cycle. All right. Well, I suppose we move on to the civil service. Yeah, I've got good news, guys. No, you don't. The struggle is over. There's no, there's no good news. I don't I've, believe you. The struggle is finished. <laughs> I've won the victory over myself. Oh. I love the civil service. Finally. Finally. <laughs> do you love the civil service as well? I do now. Let's all stop and say a quick prayer to our, <laughs> our wonderful overlords in Whitehall. The only thing I'm worried about is a minor amount of heresy because I thought we were meant to love the NHS as if it was our Lord and Saviour. Well, I mean... Are they not civil servants? They oh, are civil oh, servants like, as well. This is kind of a trinity issue, isn't it? It's I don't know. It, it, well, whatever it is, ghost, it's holy. And they're all one thing, but you can worship them individually. It is Callum, you look like you're about to catch something. Yeah. You're about to catch the positivity bug. Stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs>
It's just the good news, Callum. That's it, all. It is. I've got the good word of the civil service, and we'll be we'll be going through it. <laughs> I saw a tweet a while back. Someone was like, "How I learned to love London," and I was just like, I felt sick. Mm. So I'm, Carl will get this reference. That reminds me of Avatar: The Last Airbender, where they're brainwashing people. Yes. There's no war yeah. outside of Bar Sing Se. Yeah, uh, you need some kind of water torture to convince me to love London these days. But there's other good words out there, including the good word of the Lotus Eaters and where we have lots of premium videos on the website, you can sign up. Is the discount still going, or is that over now? Oh, uh, no, I think it's still on. John, is it still of, going? I think it's on just to the end of today, actually. Oh, okay. Try yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> In that Try case, find out. got a limited amount of time if it's only going to the end of the day, so you can sign up right now for... 33% off your first three months if you sign up using code BIRTHDAY and you can watch videos like this wherein as revenge for me making him watch Mulholland Drive, Connor made me sit through playing Life is Strange and it was not as bad. Not as bad as I was expecting. You know, I've been tempted to play it actually. I actually bought it a few years ago because it was on some sort of Steam sale. I've been tempted to just stream it just to see, if, see what it's like. It, there's there's depths that you can you can counter read it right. and get an interesting read of it. But if you are going to play it, do what I did, which is play it with... Um, Hate play it. No, no, no. Play it with your wife, girlfriend, right. fiance next to you because it's made for girls. It's made for girls. It's Connor's favorite game, but it's made for girls. Just so, like Connor's favorite movie, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Connor's got strange taste. <laughs> but, so let's look at the, the current situation in UK politics has been going round and round in circles, to be perfectly honest. We've been on the merry-go-round of Rwanda, the Rwanda scheme. Rwanda this, Rwanda that. And as we'll get into at the end, this is all a distraction, yeah. but it is a very important re uh, distraction because it seems to be uh, part of the thrust of the main, uh, the main direction that British politics is going into, and it's been the cause of a lot of the reshuffling that's been going on inside the cabinet. I think five front benches have shuffled off after Suella was fired, so Sunak's been able to replace all of them. David Cameron was airdropped back in, given a peerage for the special occasion for it because, hey, nobody's voted for you for almost a decade at this point, so here's a lordship. And this probably will be the end of his political career. I mean, this is, he's going to be in government. Or Sunak or Cameron. Cameron. I mean, well, all of them. I mean, surely, because like... They well, he's in the House of Lords now. So. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. To get him back in, they're like, look, we'll give you a lordship, but then I need you to do something. Because this surely is, it's got to be the end of the political careers of everyone who's in the cabinet of the worst conservative defeat or just defeat in political history. It has to be the end of their careers, right? Like, okay, you look skeptical, but... Well, David... In a, in a sane world... David Cameron <laughs> suffered a humiliating defeat on Brexit, resigned yeah. the day after the result was announced, and is now a lord. That's true. Because the Uniparty needed him to be airlifted in. Yes, yeah, I swear to God, if it's in 10 years' time, the Conservatives are bringing back Sunak because they're, they will they're give, failing again in the polls. They will, they will give him a peerage. Don't worry. Remember oh, yeah. the good old days under Rishi? That's what they'll do. They'll try and use Jeez. Rishi as the nostalgia Any, option. Anything to avoid doing what the British public want, isn't it? Mm. It really is that. Well, even if they did want to, what's relevant at the moment is the fact that the Supreme Court, which was an import from America that Tony Blair instituted yep. for some reason, mainly because of the fact that he wanted to be able to stack a load of judges who would enforce Blairism, no matter yeah. who came in afterwards, decided that the Rwanda plan, which was part of the illegal, uh, what was it, the Illegal Immigration Act of 2022 or 2023, whichever one, the Rwanda plan where we were supposed to have 
an exchange program with Rwanda. It wasn't actually just sending refugees over there so they could be processed. We also, for some reason, were agreeing to take in some of their people and also give them hundreds of millions of pounds. Thing is, I think, there, I think there's a bit of 4D chess here. They're like, hey, Rwanda, do you want to exchange refugees? And the Rwanda's like, no, have who's, who, who comes to Rwanda as a refugee? <laughs> All the places on earth to go. Sorry, they're going to be really refugees, point. actually. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Un <laughs> unironic. That's part of the. Okay. That's part of the reason that they've made the decision they did. So the Supreme Court has struck it down. <laughs> Sorry, if you were an Israeli refugee, you go. Hmm. What country hasn't committed genocide in the last thirty years? I think it's, oh. I think it's more <laughs> refugees that have been made refugees by Israel. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. So in in wars with the Middle East, and terrorism moving to Rwanda. No, no, no. Sadly, as amusing as that would be, it didn't work out in Germany, but we'll be safe here. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. Um, Rwanda's a good country now. Now, now they got rid of the Tutsis. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. So the Supreme Court struck it down and said that it's unlawful. We can't send people over to Rwanda. It's just not in the book. So the Supreme Court judgment was read out by Lord Reed, its president and said all five judges agreed with the Court of Appeal that there was a real risk of asylum claims being wrongly determined in Rwanda because the agreement was that we send them over there and they're processed in Rwanda by the Rwandan processing centers. Yes, we're, we're sending them there for processing. Yes, and they're worried that people would wrongly be returned to their country of origin and face, their, face persecution that they were trying to escape. This is the people coming over okay. on the small boats, of course, the people who definitely have all legit claims, every yeah. single one of them. So... He said, uh, I got some from some uh, articles here, uh, the principle was enshrined in international agreements, we all love those, including the Refugee Convention, uh, the European Convention on Human Rights, and other agreements that we're all part of. The, he gave three main reasons. So first, Rwanda has a <clears throat> poor human rights record. Oh. True, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Callum coming out as Ru chief Rwanda lover over here, taking all the bullets for Rwanda. They, they've done the reformation. This is like saying Germany in the 80s has got a poor human rights record. Houthis did like, nothing wrong. I mean, I, the, the Germans, maybe. Yeah. I, you wouldn't say now, like if you sent some, I don't know, some diverse men to Germany, that they're all going to get genocided. No. Decades have passed. Well, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go down. Right? So, so I'm not going to make any really <laughs> jokes. Reid said that in recent times, British police have had to uh, warn Rwandan nationals living in the UK of credible plans by the Rwandan government to kill them. I assume there's some kind of Rwandan Mossad out here. Tell me about how things have been reformed. Uh, secondly, there was... The second reason given was the UN Refugee Act. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the UN Refugee Agency. Uh, the UNHCR's evidence that there was serious and systemic defects in Rwanda's procedures and institutions for processing asylum claims, including that they have a surprisingly high rate of rejection of asylum claims from countries in conflict zones like Syria, Yemen, and Afghanistan, which is where a lot of our refugees are coming from. Care to take a guess as to what that rejection rate is? If it's surprisingly high, thirty percent, one hundred percent, every single. I one was going to say ninety-eight percent. Actually, it's, it, it's one hundred percent. Go home. Right. So Rwanda's actually doing God a great job. That's that's basically what we would be hoping to get. Yeah. from sending them over there anyway, because most of these people will not be actual refugees. I mean, they'll be economic. Well, about ninety-nine percent on. 
I mean, those yeah, who yeah. we actually wanted to take, we did airlift from Afghanistan or we shipped him from Pakistan. Yes. The long list of translators, etc. But like, I, I, I can see how this goes right. I've got an Excel spreadsheet that lists a bunch of countries that we can negotiate with and their refugee re- rejection rate. Right, just click sort from highest to lowest. 100% done. <laughs> you know? That's how we chose Rwanda. No one yeah. even read the name. Yeah, why else would we have chosen Rwanda? <laughs> And thirdly, they conclude that Rwanda had recently failed to comply with an explicit undertaking in a deal to take asylum seekers from Israel, that migrants would not be returned to their home countries. So it sounds like they were taking them in, rejecting them immediately, and then deporting <laughs> them home. Taking all of our money. But to... This so is basically... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Actually, hang on, sorry. We found out that the country of Rwanda does what we pay the home office to, and that's the reason we can't send migrants there. Yes. <laughs> The Supreme Court says no. This country's such a joke, man. I don't mean to laugh, but it's really just pathetic. The Supreme Court says no. The Rwandan country might do the Home Office's job. Oh, no. And as... And probably cheaper. As a result (laughs) of this, Rishi threw an emergency press uh, press conference where he was very annoyed. He wasn't smiling anywhere near as much as he usually does. He even furrowed his brow at some points. It's like when a toddler or a young teenager gets very frustrated because you won't buy him a monster. You know, he just looks like a cartoon mouse. I can't take him seriously. No, he does look like rubbish danger mouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he said that what he's going to do in response to this is enact emergency legislation. Oh yeah. Oh, are we all ready for this yeah. emergency legislation? What is this, plan number ten. Where? Yes. Yes. Well, th- this is this is supposedly Plan B, which sounds a hell of a lot like Plan A with some added steps on, because the emergency legislation will just say it's safe. Rwanda is safe. Oh, he's going to legislate that. Right, okay, you could just dissolve the Supreme Court and ignore the judge. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Rwanda's safe, actually, guys. Anyway, Supreme Court. Problem is, of course, that this will still be challenged. They say because the majority of the conservatives and the commons, this might get through the commons, but in the lords, it's still going to be challenged. Yeah, but there's no power anywhere. They're also going... Any of the things you're mentioning. They're also going to be courts that are still going to be trying to produce any kind of opposition to this. And he's even said that if a court says that they, if, with this, because uh, they're going to do a new treaty with Rwanda that's going to be published, I think the draft of it's going to be published on Monday, which will be in the treaty that this is the agreement. Emergency legislation, new treaty, but as part of this treaty, it will state that if a court orders them to take back someone we've deported to Rwanda, we have to. It's like they learn nothing from Emperor Palpatine. Well, has I anyone here... Illegal. Have you seen yeah, <laughs> Have you seen Dominic Cummings' response to all this? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't actually. So he basically tweeted out that he came up with a plan to send back the boats. First days they were in there with Boris, and it was rejected by literally everyone because they were of the opinion that they don't actually want to solve the problem. Oh, well, there we go. So him, yep. his response to this Supreme Court ruling is, no, none of these people actually want to solve it. Yes. Which well, is why they come up with Plan B, as you're saying, where it's like. What if we just did the same thing that totally won't work? Well, we'll, we'll get into how they literally <laughs> don't want to solve this. I, I love there's a kind of wide-eyed, naive Dominic Cummings is like, right, we need a plan to stop the boats. So like, oh, oh, plan so- okay, here's a plan to stop the boats. And like, no, we don't want to stop the boats, Dominic. Thanks cool. for winning the election, but that's yeah, kind of moron. the end of this. <laughs> we don't do anything else for the yeah. next five years. Question marks profit. Like <laughs> Sunak also dangled some red meat for all of us as well by implying that he didn't, he didn't explicitly say that we would quit the European Court of Human Rights, yeah. but he did say, oh, we might revisit those international relationships to remove obstacles in our way. Ooh, he did fire the Home Secretary talk. who said that we should do that. Mm. You, you want to know what Dominic said? What? He started calling it the pedo court. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did, didn't, I think I had seen that. Yeah. Do you, 
I, I didn't understand what that was supposed to mean at first. And then there's this account called the Dominic Translator <laughs> right, that, that had replied under it and literally wrote out in plain English. It's like, Dominic Cummings is suggesting we should leave the ECHR because it protects pedophiles and their human rights. So, okay, that's a good way of framing what Dominic was saying. I mean, the, the I thing finally is, understand. As, as we learned from when we were just a moment ago speaking about Gavin Newsom when we were talking about what yeah. they did in San Francisco, these political problems are actually very easily solvable. They're totally solvable. You can step yeah. over all of this legislative and legal trouble and do it anyway if you have the political willpower to do yeah. so. You can solve these problems immediately by doing it and then announcing to the public immediately after, oh, we've done this now. Or too just late. making it legal. You're literally the parliament. You can literally do anything because you have a stonking majority. You could do whatever you want. There's no limit on your power. Yeah, and then... Insufferable. Suella Braverman, Braverman, however you pronounce her name, uh, came out with a Telegraph article the other day, I think last night, yeah. talking about her criticisms of this. I know she was just asked to resign. Yeah. She was going really hard on the rhetoric and how we need to yeah. stop the boats. And she comes out criticizing the whole thing. She also, in the letter that she provided for her resignation, accused Sunak and the others of betraying the nation's yeah, wishes. This is all true, yeah. but still, you are basically useless and didn't do anything as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Stephen Edgington. Uh, well, we'll get onto that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we'll, sorry. I don't mean to... We'll, we'll, we'll get onto that. So in this, she said that this is self-deception. This is all yeah. spin. If you actually want to make this treaty and this new emergency law mean anything, if you want it to be effective, you're going to have to do five things. And she labeled these as uh, it must address Supreme Court's concerns regarding Rwanda. So we need to create more bureaucrats who can go over to Rwanda and oversee their processes. Dissolve Supreme Court. Yep. Just declare the pedo court. Yep. yep. Dissolved. <laughs> yeah. Could do. Uh, she also says it must enable flights before the next general election. And she said... Off the cliffs of Dover, yeah. Uh, to do this, the bill must exclude all... <laughs> She said it must exclude all avenues of legal challenge. Yeah, so ban the opposition. Yeah, yeah. She's basically <laughs> saying that the entire setting up my plan in response to Swellers. All right. She uh, the entirety of the Human Rights Act and European Convention on Human Rights and other relevant international obligations have to be included in notwithstanding clauses. Yep. Uh, clauses. Re so repeal them all. Yeah. Say say that they don't have anything to do with this. Don't replace them with anything. Swift. He did, it, he did actually call the Human Rights Act the pedo and terrorist Human Rights Act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, where's, good point. Good point. Where's most of the? Where's yep. the lie? Yeah. Where? Where is what, the lie? What's the fifth point? Uh, well, the, the third point is swift removal must mean swift removal. So get it done within yep. months yep. at the latest. Where's? Or how are you gonna one up that? Hours. <laughs> Not gonna say. No. All right. <laughs> okay. Spe specialized squads of highly competent men. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so those arriving here illegally must be detained, so take them in immediately, yeah. Yeah. and it must be treated as an emergency. And this is all, once again, big tough talk coming from a woman who did basically nothing. This is a she did a photo op. This is a tweet storm? Yeah. She should be tweeting these things out and it'd have the same impact? She did a photo op in Rwanda, looking over it, where it gave the left-wing press and lots of FBPB, whatever it is, on Twitter, those kinds of people opportunities to photoshop her as a Nazi. She was laughing back and they were all going, see, look at how happy she is that we're going to be deporting these people to an evil country. Look, she's just as bad as Hitler. There was a photo op for that. Other than that, really hasn't done anything. And then come out and say, see, if I was still in charge, I'd have got this done. Well, you had a year. 
Yeah. You, you had a year in your position to do so. You didn't do anything. And then you've got past, uh, people within the party itself. Uh, Jeremy Hunt, first of all, said that there was no guarantee flights to Rwanda will take off next year. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. completely contradicting what Sunak was saying about the emergency laws because realistically speaking, it's not going to work. The legal challenges and challenges through the Lords are going to hold this up for another year at least. Anyway, and then party splits Tory MP, uh, former deputy MP, uh, PM, Damien Green, labeled part of her plan the part where she was saying we need to stop any legal challenge to this before they can even make a legal challenge. He said, It's the most unconservative statement I've ever heard. This is what Putin and Xi do. So, yes, if you want to do what the government, what the public asked you to do, what they voted you to do, you're yeah, an I FC. Actually, I actually don't think representing the will of your constituents is what Putin and Z do. I mean, maybe Putin. And this is where we get onto what you were talking about. Stephen Edgington yeah. shared out a particular article, this one from The Telegraph, which was an anonymous submission by a member of the Home Office talking about how... The last Brexiteer in the Home Office. Yep, yep. You can say anything you want. You can say all of this big talk. It won't matter because the people who are in charge of actually uh, the, the mechanical operation yeah. of how this would all work hate you and they don't want to do it anyway. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll read a, quite a bit of this because it's very eye-opening but honestly unsurprising for anybody who's been paying attention. One, just a quick fact that I learned the other day. Apparently 80% of the Home Office budget and staff is spent on immigration. So this should just be dissolved. Anyway, yeah. So he says that despite the change in boss going from Suella to, um, to uh, James Cleverly, when it comes to controlling Britain's borders, nothing will change. I know this because I've worked for some time as a civil servant in immigration policy, and in my experience, no priority is further from the Home Office in 2023 than stopping the boats or cutting net migration. For all of her strident bearing, Suella was cringingly apologetic in speeches to the Home Office staff. So this is the parts that we don't get to see. Yeah. She comes out and she makes all of these speeches at the fancy conferences, at um, which, which was one of the ones that Connor went to. The National Conservative. Yeah, the National Conservative. She comes out and all of the left-wing papers get yeah. to say, oh my God, she's a Nazi. But behind closed doors, she's terribly sorry, guys. Would you mind doing your job? I mean, I really appreciate bullying them. Yeah, <laughs> they still don't do anything. But... Yeah, I'm not saying it works. You know, and this it's, is it's got one of them. Out. This is what you can't just be mean to these people. You have, yeah, you to, have to fire them. You, yeah, you have to actively set incentives for them. And if they don't do just those, fire them. Well, yeah, you you fire them to set the incentive. No, just, Firing no, them is setting no, no, the incentive. No, 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 no. You clear them all out, and then you look. You you hire people whose social media history you can see, and if they're constantly going on about Brexit, you hire those people. Is this your application? Yeah. Okay. Actually, put me in charge of the Home Office. Trust me, I'll have this country sorted. But that's what I would do. Just seriously, just like, okay, I just want to hire, like, you know, a Home Office full of Brexiteers. Every Remainer's gone. Oh, no, you're doing it on political reasons. Yeah, but actually, I can. That's the last thing I can discriminate on. Damn, the politics. It's politics. The politician is doing things for political reasons. Yeah, I know. <sighs> but like, I'm not doing it because of your race or your gender or your religion or anything. No, I'm doing it because you voted Remain, which I'm actually not legally forbidden. I'm discriminating against you on. Like, that's literally the last thing in the law that I can discriminate on is your political... Don't worry, Rishi, before he goes, will we'll enact probably, some legislation yeah, yeah, to make that, that illegal as well. But like, He'll jump in front of the home yeah. office that sits on their ass getting paid <laughs> yeah. by our tax money yeah. and go, no! Yeah, he doubtless will, but that's why I just fire them all. Yeah, so, carrying on, he says, instead of... Insta <laughs> to no one's Tommy surprise... Robinson in charge of the home office. Sorry. 
Instead of instilling much-needed discipline, she would tell us that what a great job we were doing. Thanks for not doing anything today, guys. Not that this got her any kind of loyalty. Oh, no, 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 no. If they'd been doing nothing, that would have been great. No, they're like rubber stamping as fast as they can. Yeah, well, the visas, yeah. Yeah, not that this got her any kind of loyalty because, of course, these people absolutely despise you and they hate you. She was mocked and insulted by London-based staff, furious at the refusal to extend safe routes to an ever-growing number of countries. So not only are they not doing what you're asking them to do, they're actively campaigning for to do the opposite of yeah. that. And once again, reminder, these are the people being paid by our tax money. So thank you very much for that. I can just imagine on day one, I walk in, right, a big meeting. Hands up if you voted Brexit. One guy puts his hand up. Exactly. Else leave. Exactly. Yeah. Stay where you are. The rest, get out. Yeah. So the, the people in the Home Office, they see the government as a radically right-wing fascist government, and they are determined to ignore rules as a result of that to punish innocent migrants. Because, of course, there's the attitude that all of these people are just innocent. Culture of defiance is so widespread that any suggestion of border controls is sneered at or ignored. Widespread understanding our asylum rules are open to abuse. So they know that Albanian cocaine dealers charge them with treason. Bringing more people in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, the border force officer or civil servant who works on asylum policy will tell you this openly. Yet any suggestion that asylum rules be tightened or asylum seekers be refused is rejected out of hand as cold-hearted and evil. Good thing I'm not in charge. They'd find out. Yeah, instead of doing what they're supposed to do and what they're paid to do, instead they uh, waste a lot of time. They uh, really, civil servants waste a lot of time. Hold, yeah, I know, right? Big shock. <laughs> yeah. Senior staff hold events on Black History Month, winged rush, and microaggressions. We are told to attend quarterly away days, which are held online because most of us are not in the office most of the time anyway, where we are given prizes and are told by senior civil servants just how wrong any political oh, or press get... criticism of our work is. This is one Head great... Pats and belly rolls. It's a great big hug box. Yeah. It's a great big hug box Walk for all of these people. civil servants. In meetings nominally discussing policy, we are forced to listen to HR directors give lectures on diversity and hand out awards about inclusivity. The mood is of self-congratulation and there is a few refusal to engage, let alone learn from criticism the department received, unless it comes from the left or from an incredibly expensive commission finding that they are institutionally racist. Shows where the direction goes in this. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's, I, I, it's like a comedy. Yeah, It's like, it's like a Monty Python skill. It goes on, but he finishes by saying, in spite of all this, it wouldn't matter if the Home Office was a finely oiled machine, ready and eager to deliver on every possible government priority and determined to protect the UK's borders. The clear messaging from behind closed doors from the Treasury and other departments is that legal migration should be expanded to boost lackluster economic growth. So even if they wanted to do what they're supposed to do, other parts of the government are still saying, but we need someone to serve prep. Yeah. We desperately need wage slaves at prep. Yeah. That's what we need. And that's why I want to say to end all of this off by saying this is all a distraction anyway. The whole Rwanda scheme, the fact that it's always frontline news, it's headline news, it's front pages every single day whenever it goes on about anything is all to distract from the fact that that's actually a dribble yeah. in comparison to the absolute tidal wave of migration that we get through legal channels mm -hmm. every single year. Last year, it was what, 660,000 net migrants into the country. Something this like 1.2 million, yeah. This year, is set to break oh, one million really? for the very first time. Do you mind if we just appreciate for a moment? We're coming up on 14 years of Tory rule. Yeah. 14 years, those two departments, the Treasury and the Home Office, have been controlled by them. After 14 years of their management, that's what you get as an office culture. This country is just... Anyway. I suppose we'll uh, move on and then head to uh, the newest Zuma hero. Well, Bin Laden's back. 
And <laughs> <laughs> somehow Bin Laden returned. <laughs> How does Star Wars loom over everything we do? <laughs> because that was he's you. returned. <laughs> and uh well it, he's he's come to us in a time of need for what? Western Zoomers, apparently. I, I didn't see this one coming, but here we are. <laughs> really? We thought, okay, yeah, yeah, Western Zoomers are going to be like, Bin Laden, my new hero. He's the new Che Guevara. The thing is, everybody insults Zoomers, but they really do like to take everyone by surprise. There's untold depths. <laughs> There's great. untold depths. To oh, they've the all Zoomer. joined ISIS, huh? <laughs> At least they're not boring to talk about. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're going to do next. Well, um, endorse Bin Laden, it seems. But if they'd like to endorse something else, they can go and check out the merch store, for example. Uh, we don't have any Bin Laden shirts, I'm sorry to say. No, um, sorry, sorry. We've got shirts of respectable people like Wellington or Nelson or Marcus Aurelius or things that I like. But we do need to get Bin Aristotle, Laden. maybe. You know, really good what's, stuff. What's, what's Bin Laden's best quote? Death to America. <laughs> I think we can sell that shirt. What's the TikTok <laughs> Zoomers? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> No, go, go and buy some wholesome shirts, not Bin Laden shirts, please. But speaking of that, um, so Bin Laden has come back in a new form. He's got a new drip, it seems, which is um, this drip. He's, uh, he's decided... I was hoping that you'd found oh, this. Oh, God, how is... What? <laughs> it's just so stupid. Yeah, people who don't know what the hell I am talking about, um, he's become very popular on TikTok, as you can see, which is quite an achievement for a dead man. <laughs> in any normal place and time, it's a double achievement for an anti-Western, I don't know, The, the architect leader. of the 9-11 attacks is suddainly popular with Zoomers. Yeah. Uh, this is what I wonder how John Cena feels about this. So this is lives of what? TikTok, <laughs> pointing out uh, that there's, this is a trend, and this is the various TikToks. I suppose we're going to play them and just take a look at the uh, state. So there's a local lady there saying, me, when I got the news in 2011, that we got him. <laughs> Reading his letter, though. Wow, Actually, that's... before you even read the letter, I did want to mention, in reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. So yeah. please keep that in mind when reading the letter. Um, we really need to stop paying taxes because they ain't doing nothing but messing up everybody else. And, and America is the bully. And it's sad because they have brainwashed us to think that we was the best country in the plan on the planet. When in reality, we're the worst fucking country in the planet. It is just insane because this letter is so well written and so reasonably structured um, in an <laughs> argument. Like you got to present your findings. You got to, you know, you got to state your cause, all of that. Like everything he said was valid. That's really interesting that the Zoomers are arriving at the Hassan Piker America deserved 9-11 position. And a lot of this is the result of sending people on mass to universities, because I love that analysis at the end there. Well, he cited his sources. <laughs> he, wrote the, he wrote the letter well. It's like, yeah, this is how everyone used to write years and years ago. I assume you yeah. guys have both read Bin Laden. I, I have not, so I can't comment on how well written it is or even what statements he's made. I'm sure, I'm sure there is parts of it where he's being... Uh, accurate about how the Amer America sure. has behaved in its foreign policy. Yeah. Not really. To be honest, in my opinion, 
Well, but, there are parts, but like... I don't even think there are parts. I think we'll go through it in a minute. Yeah, but, the, the, the social aspect I find most interesting. To end this off, you can see this is one of the other uh, tweets about this yeah. that blew up. 37 million views yeah. on this tweet here, and it's, it's more of the same. America explaining why he attacked Americans. And I am ashamed to say that I not only have never read this letter, but I didn't even know this letter existed. It's wild and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it yet, read it. However, be forewarned that this has left me very disillusioned and I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I feel uh, a little bit just confused, like I have entered into another timeline. What is this? And yeah, so go read it. So I just read a letter to America that one's too quiet, but I'll end it there. The point of this is- We get show, the point. As this individual correctly assesses, this comes from TikTokers of all races, ethnicities, backgrounds, all saying we've had the rise open and we'll never see geopolitical matters the same ever again, because they've never looked at geopolitical matters, to be frank. Um, yes. These individuals, seemingly overrepresented as university educated, which is a whole other question. <sighs> and then the aspect of them being complete morons who have read one argument against their position one time and then gone, oh my God, a different point of view. I might have to make a video about this because that's all I can see out of this. These people aren't assessing the issues he discusses or anything of the sort. And we'll show that in a minute. But I do love the memes that have come out of this, if nothing else. <laughs> the kids are going to love it. <laughs> but hold on the situation. But the letter blew up because, well, specifically the source they were using was The Guardian because The Guardian had the letter yep. listed as uh, one of their pages because back when it happened, they wanted it. And then as it was number two most viewed on the website, yes. this years old letter, uh, they deleted it, as Glenn Learmold correctly points out here. It's just, just removed document. That doesn't look weird at all. Of course, the archive still exists. You can go and read it in your full spare time, if you wish. And there you are, 20 years old, full text, but Laden letter to America. And um, I'm not a big fan of really? Bin Laden. <laughs> Not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, I kind of <laughs> think it's kind of boring. There, there is actually, there should have been another link in here in which we can see The Guardian actually did put out a note saying as to why they deleted this, in fact. And they say that the full transcript was published on our website has been widely shared on social media without the full context. And that was the reason they deleted this yeah. archive link here. Uh, well, it was not an archive link, obviously. But the thing is, that doesn't make any sense because if you can see, like this, this is full. This, if you wanted the context, it's all here. Yeah, you could read it. All. The, the letter itself is its own context. The yeah link that they've added instead links to an article from the Observer at the time when he released it, which um, <clears throat> doesn't include the full letter and just says he's released this letter and here's a few excerpts of it. So if you're going to talk about which one has full and missing context. Yeah. But are we expecting anything from maybe the maybe they're thinking, well, in the context of people who don't remember 9-11. So if you're wondering why exactly the Guardian decided to delete it, um, it's because they're afraid of being seen as anti-Semitic. That's the real truth. Oh, really? D does Bin Laden say something about the Jews in this letter, does he? Well, of course he does. Oh, wow. What he's not a fan. What about the homosexuals? <laughs> uh, not a fan either. What about personal freedom? Well, he's an Islamist. But they knew this yeah. when they published it in 2002. Yeah, that's right. But because it's blown up on TikTok and there's so much fear about being seen as anti-Israel or anti-Jewish uh, at this point, that's why they deleted this. And How do you feel about Israel then? Well, <laughs> you can <laughs> read it, it I suppose. I know exactly what he thinks about all of these things. But as you can see, for people who haven't, question one, why 
are we fighting and opposing you, America? Question two, what are we calling you to and what do we want you to call from? Uh, the point here is that the reason we're fighting you is because, well, the American empire accepts that its interests are more valid to it than Islamist interests. All it's the not just Islamist, it's the interests of Islam. That they, it is Islamist. He, it's not. Yeah, yeah, but that's what an Islamist is. They, they view all of Islam as like a single political power block. And so when he says, you attacked us and continue to attack us, it's like, no one attacked bin Laden or the Saudis. No. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the example, well, one of the examples he gives is the Americans turning up to, to protect the Saudi kingdom from Saddam Hussein yeah. and then liberating Kuwait. That's them attacking the Islamic world. It's literally like BLM for Muslims. It's uh, not very coherent in my view. I mean, he gives a bunch of other examples that also is so iffy. Like, doesn't make any sense to defend. For example, Chechnya. He's just like, yeah, you attacked us in Chechnya. I was like, what? The Russians aren't the Americans, for one. But even if you want to take this in a, in like a Christian context or something, like we're dealing with a in jihadist insurgency. Like there are still Muslims in Chechnya. It's a Muslim republic ruled by a Muslim leader. Yeah, the Muslim leader was responsible for getting rid of the jihadis in Chechnya, wasn't he? Yes. So, and then it just goes on and on. I mean, there's like the one in the Philippines. He complains about. He complains about. Uh, what else is there? Um, trying to think off the top of my head now, but you you'd have to go back and read it. Yeah. It's 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 not very. There, there are a bunch of them. Yeah, it's not very convincing in my view. Looking at it, but that's because I at least know the history of the various attacks he's talking about. And if you don't, if you're a stupid zoomer. But the point is, these, these are all <laughs> yeah, merely gonna... pretexts, because of course he's not talking about like Muslim infighting or anything like that. That doesn't count as an attack on Islam, obviously, because it's two Muslims. So there's all just in-group, out-group, friend-enemy, all Muslims' friends, all non-Muslims' enemies. That's literally what he's reduced this to. And none of the interventions make any sense. I can see the other ones here, for example. Somalia is like, yeah, you attacked us in Somalia. It's like, the government collapsed, and the UN turned up to try and help you, because you people can't sit for five minutes without killing each other in Somalia. That's never been solved. Okay, so apparently that's, that's our fault. Um, Kashmir, the Indians. Yeah, but also Jewish aggression against us in Lebanon. Sorry, when the jihadists took over Lebanon. I just, it's, it's very unconvincing, to say the least. And his last complaint about this is that why do they hate America and want America to change? Well, he, oh, I, I love his number one point. His number, what do we want from you? Oh, just total conversion to Islam, actually. Yeah. An institution of the Sharia in your country, actually. I'm trying to see where it gets to, to question two here. But he literally just this. There we go. Oh, wait, there we, there we are. The first Become Muslims. <laughs> yeah, it all leads to Islam. Okay. And then he goes on about, and I love, I love the, the way he frames Islam. Because like, yeah, Islam is just peace and love and piety and goodness and, and nothing bad ever happens in Muslim countries. Don't know why you evil crusaders aren't just hanging out daisies and Korans. It's the most unconvincing letter I've ever read. And, and then to see these people sitting there being like, this is amazing. Why didn't America just become Muslim in response to 9-11? <laughs> I mean, like, you're a moron. Like, you're an actual moron. <laughs> like, well, A, they're on TikTok, and B, yes. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose so. <laughs> uh, but this, this whole thing is just largely cope, frankly, I do, I, from bin Laden. There's a, there's a part of me that's like, you got to kind of admire the chutzpah of it. Like, yeah, so we just bombed you. Maybe you should convert to our religion. <laughs> it's like, why don't we hunt you down and kill you? But obviously none of this is new. I mean... <laughs> People have talked about this for yeah. ages. The first interaction the United States ever had with the Muslim world were its sailors being kidnapped and stolen into slavery. And then when I forget who it was, it might have been John Adams or someone. No, went it was to Washington. It was Jefferson. Oh, it was Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, he went to London and met with a representative from the Barbary States and asked them, look, we've had no quarrel with the Muslim world. We live an ocean away in the 1700s. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? And he just says, well, 
you're non-Muslims, we're Muslims, we are commanded by the Quran to take non-Muslims as slaves. So if you convert, everything will be fine. And what was the United, yeah, the United States response was to turn up and bomb the Barbary states into submission. Again, there's a part of me that just admires the balls on them. Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah, okay, we've been doing all this, and if you just convert, then it'll stop. But the uh, piece that, that most picked people up, I, I want to talk about bin Laden himself later, because this, this whole letter is just such coke from him at this moment in time. Well, that's because that's I, I like bin Laden's history. I just think it's interesting. But to getting to the thing that most people focused on, which is the question about why didn't America become Islamic in response to 9-11, one of the points. That's a big question. <laughs> That's a real big question. It's actually a really small question, I think, actually. Why didn't this Christian country convert to Islam? Well, one of the points, as uh, Tim Paul noted here, is like the, these leftist types on TikTok are all yeah. like, how did you miss this part of the letter where he says, we call upon you to be people of manners, principles, honor, and purity, to reject immoral acts of fornication, homosexuality, intoxicants, gambling, and trading with interest. I love how they're all exactly the same. As, as a, they're all just as bad. You know, fornication, homosexuality, drinking, gambling, usury. Yeah. Like, all terrible. But I do love how the Americans but, saw this part. The American right, I should say. And all they could focus on was the homosexuality. But didn't, the, didn't, Yeah, yeah, but good luck. Didn't but, Bin Laden have, like, a harem of prostitutes? No, he had four wives. He also oh. had loads of porn, though. Yes, oh, yeah. but that's... Uh, but I, I, just, I, I just love... It's like, we'd, I'd like you to stop having sex outside of marriage, please. And the American Christians would be like... Pfft. Okay, you know, what about homosexuality? Yeah, nah, nah, nah. And what about beer? Just, mate, you, why, why didn't America convert to Islam? But that's more the point I'm trying to get at, actually, because modern America, I mean, in 2002, obviously, there may have been a different conversation, but modern America, the American right picked up on the homosexuality aspects. I mean, even in the memes yeah. here, where it's like, you know, the, the Muslim comes in the room, America is a land of godless homosexual degenerates. Oh, sweet. America is a land of godless homosexual degenerates, as the Christian. And they all get worried is that that was the only part of that conversation there that actually riled up American society. The rest of it, not a concern, actually. Not, not a thing, but a whole other time. But to get back to the question of um, his letter being coped, just because if anyone wants to learn anything about actual Bin Laden... I'm, I'm surprised the... Of just just, just as a quick thing, I'm surprised the sort of um, persistent and deeply running theme of death to all the Jews, and you're helping the Jews and controlled by the Jews, and therefore we hate yeah. Wasn't more picked up on as well. Not, not really a debate. No, no, no. If you talk to, um, you've supported the idea in the the, the the Jerusalem is the capital of the Jews. It's like he he goes on and on about how you've supported the Jews against the Muslims, yeah. and the Judeo Christian Alliance is trying to destroy us, so that's why we bombed you. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's that wasn't a point of debate. You rightly say yeah. the, no, the no. two camps are solid. But moving on, because getting back to Bin Laden, you can go and read his Declaration of Jihad Against Americans as well, which I think gives much better context. Hey, that's another thing, the total war aspect as well. He's just like, well, the American army is made up of Americans, so I'm going to bomb Americans to get the American army. It's like, All right. But you can see he just goes on, he's like, yeah, you bombed us in Tajikistan, Burma, Kashmir, Azam, Chechnya. I think mean, half these places, who even knows? Where is Ogadan? Yeah, but I have no yes. idea, but when did we bomb Eritrea? Um... I don't know. We've never, we never even intervened in Eritrea, actually, NATO, as far as I'm aware. In the Philippines. That's Christian. So that was basically a terrorist insurgency. So the Filipino oh, the Philipp government put it down, which means America did it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not... I mean, the Philippines have been kind of protector of America, haven't they? So maybe. I've never been impressed with bin Laden's writing, which is why I get back to that point where that you know, university later was like, oh, it's written so well. He's really not. He's really just very basically laying out politely, here's what I believe. 
And that was enough. That's, mm. that's how much we've degenerated. But the um, interesting point about when I say this is all being coped is that he goes on here, this is before 9-11, his jihad against Americans. Right. And the entire context of this really is him talking about Saudi Arabia. Mm. It's just Saudi politics <clears throat> because this is a mes message to the Muslim world. And then when he speaks to Americans after 9-11, he phrases it all around Palestine and whatnot. Of course, he brings it up in here. But his main gripe always was about Saudi politics. Right. Well, I mean, he was a Saudi. Yeah, but also he's kind of retarded. So sure. do you know about... Um, so Kuwait gets invaded. And obviously the Saudi kingdom is like, oh, we don't have an army. Yeah. Maybe we should have one. Who's got one? Oh, well, our friends, the Americans. Hmm. How about we just use theirs? And uh, well, bin Laden gets really pissed off. He goes to the, the king and is like, Bro, 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 just use, just use my boys. You know those boys I took to Afghanistan? They've all got AKs. Yeah, we can defend Saudi, bro. And the Saudi king is just like entertaining this idiot and then says, well, what happens when Saddam Hussein uses chemical warfare? And the Saudi, uh, sorry, bin Laden's response is that, uh, well, we'll use the We'll end up God. in Dinar, brother. <laughs> well, he literally says God will protect us. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Saudi minister of defense is looking at him like, this guy's retarded. So, just how many tanks do you actually have? Because Saddam's got hundreds. Yeah. Like, I mean, for all the conversation you can have about the Christian world or whatever, when you actually meet these people and their suggestions, like, he's genuinely an idiot. It's just embarrassing reading what he writes and how he thinks about the world because it's just like, you have no idea. Mm. So, retarded opportunist. I mean, you can see here, it's just like, yeah, my main gripes is that the Saudi kingdom isn't more Islamic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the real problem. <laughs> <laughs> there are arguments, actually, but yeah, I'm not going to... And then it uses the American Crusaders to defend itself. It's like, bro, the Crusaders are liberating Kuwait. This has nothing to do with Islamism. This is about yeah. Baathism versus Kuwaiti independence. Whatever. I mean, it just seems to be woke Islam that he believes in. Right? Yeah, like Bin Laden is kind of embarrassing, frankly. Yeah. When you interact but, with but it. But he's like the woke version of an Islamist. Uh, it's like an Islamic scholar or whatever. Like when you meet someone who's so ideologically obsessed, like everything, bro, is about my ideology and how this big conspiracy between the two different groups is like, nah, maybe it's about, you know, these various countries ruling classes, yes. trying to keep their ruling uh, titles and money. Nah, okay, whatever. Yeah. But whole other thing. Turns out there's actually a big fight on TikTok right now. Yes. Because of Israel-Palestine. Really? So this, so this is Visegrad saying that, you know, letter to, letter to America is blowing up on TikTok. Meanwhile, they're banned. And this is because Visegrad, obviously being Poland, Czechoslovakia, and uh, Hungary, has... Uh, Wildly anti-Bin Laden, I imagine. Well, they've become very pro-Israel recently, right. which is uh, a whole other conversation. But because of that stance, they ended up getting banned on TikTok. So there's now a big movement from the pro-Israel types in the United States to get TikTok um, curtailed, to say the least. And I don't yeah, know how this imagine. is what does it. Yeah. This is what does it. Whatever. Remember all these conversations? I'm just going to take the win. All right. I'm just <laughs> going to take the win. I'm just beyond the sort of, ah, it's not for the right reason. Just get rid of it. Well, we all these debates about getting rid of TikTok because it's a Chinese spy app. It's, you know, it's run by the <laughs> that CCP. Wasn't that none wasn't of that, enough. None also, of the FBI, the FBI had a, the uh, involvement in it as well. It's making everyone an insane wokist. Like, none of these are good enough. The American elite, the people who are actually in charge, they don't really care about any of that. Their real problem was when Israel-Palestine started up and, and now. So you could see TikTok here saying we're going to prohibit these videos and take them down because they're worried about getting banned from the American market. Yeah. And uh, it's not an unfounded worry for them either. No. But there we have it, which is that, well, Bin Laden's back in town. If you want to read more about him, do go and do that. But maybe not from retarded leftists on TikTok there. Not the smartest people. Amazing. Yeah. Let's move on.
Can we play the Charles talking about Hannibal. I'd just like to shout out the series Ad Astra, Scipio and Hannibal. It's a comic that covers the entirety of the Second Punic War, as from the perspective of like Hannibal and the various figures of that time. Anything that was in the epochs that Carl did on the subject is going to be in this story. The series did a good job uh, depicting how each civilization operated militarily and governmentally. Most of the people are Mediterranean by the looks of it, although there are some swarthy characters from the far south every now and then. Art looks great. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, looks really good. Hannibal looks a bit Hannibal. Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know he wasn't? Uh, well, there are statues that the Romans made. Uh, How accurate were they? <laughs> and then the Romans made the statues. Of course, he doesn't look Kawhi in the Romans. The, well, the Romans ended up coming to kind of admire Hannibal because he was so brilliant. But, um, but anyway, uh, well, um, for some reason, not that I'm complaining, really appreciate this. Loads of people have sent loads of Rumble rants today. Yeah. So I'm going to read them out. Um, Sad Wings Raging donates $300. It's amazing. Thank you, man. Uh, ignore this Rumble rant. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you literally sent us $300. Yeah. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? I dare you to ignore your third birthday present, Los Cetas. Keep up the great job, lads. Have an electric bill on me. Uh, thank you, actually. That's half an electric bill, but, but I appreciate it. Uh, George says, be sure to celebrate International Men's Day this Sunday, lads. Be extra base in disregarding of women's feelings. I'll think about the Roman Empire. Yeah, I'd love to, but my wife will give me hell. Uh, the Shadow Band sends $50 and says, have a good weekend. Thank you. Uh, Rebar sends $25. I rescued a poodle yesterday and named her after my favorite mod, Daisy, which is adorable but moody. Daisy isn't moody, um, but that's great. You know, how adorable. Yeah, that's, that's a little but- poodle. That's really wonderful, actually. Yeah, that's very wholesome. Uh, Sadwings Raging sends $20 and says, Daisy Coffee Mug Fund. Buy a guest coffee mug just to keep Daisy from going ballistic and watching others use her cup. So Sadwings trying to pay for the electric and now he's trying to pay for the m- coffee mugs as well. I appreciate that. Sponsored by Sadwings. <laughs> Somehow, despite never having been on camera, Daisy has simps. Not that I'm insulting you, Sadwings, but like, <laughs> what, what is going on? Um, Matt says, Callum's back. How was Poland? Was it strong? Uh, it is indeed strong. I have uh, many things to say about it, but I would take up too much time. So. We'll talk about it another time. Yeah. Uh, Classic Rando says, Boomer chat test. First time catching a live stream ever. $10. And Fopeasy says, well, since everyone is donating money, I'll put $2 in. Thanks a lot, man. Right. Cheers to um, everyone. Yeah. Baron Von Warhawk says, Newsome comments clearly show that he thinks the American people are less than the pigs to be farmed for tax money while condemning, being condemned to wallow in filth and crap. That's a really good way of summarizing it, actually. Um, I say less than because the pigs at least get somewhat comfortable life protected from wolves and bears. In San Francisco, the population is left to the mercy of criminals and drug-addicted zombies. That's it. That's it. That's the entire summary of the situation in California, totally done in one paragraph. I mean, we've seen that even the people who would have been voting for those uh, those policies that lead to the drug-addicted zombies and criminals mugging you in the street, they've all exodused out to Texas and Florida yeah. so that they can try and vote for the same policies that ruined California over there instead, because California is full of Mexicans now. Lord Nerevar says, in my personal opinion, we should no longer be affording politicians like Newsom the benefit of assuming incompetence. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. That's the point. The reason I laid it out is because Newsom is a very competent man. He built his personal fortune. He built his businesses. He is a very successful guy. Well, that's- this is, And he deliberately change laws so that there's or pass bills or whatever it is so there's uh, less punishment for crime that there's more support and 
uh, homelessness and all this sort of stuff. He did these things. He did them on purpose. He's not incompetent. He's deliberately done this. It's, it's, to advance a left-wing agenda. Sorry, Gun. No, it's, it's, it's why they're positioning him to, as the yeah. Biden follow-up, even if they don't put him in for 2024. In fact, I think it would damage him if he went 2024. Like you said, the polls are yeah. saying that he's lower down, but for Democrats, they really, really like him. Yes. He just wouldn't win against Trump. So don't damage him in the same way that, mm. let's be honest, Ron DeSantis damaged himself by trying to go up against Trump because he's, exactly. he's made to look far worse. than like This time last year, a year and a half ago, mm. everybody loved DeSantis. They were on the DeSantis train. He goes up against Trump, looks like a fool doing so. Yeah. Don't do the same to Gavin Newsom. That's what the Democrats yeah. are thinking. And then 2028, we can steamroll through. Yeah, Newsom's, I think, 52 He's so 56 he's got, when I oh, looked at Oh, 56, sorry. So he's got plenty of time. He'll be 60, which is probably, what, the youngest candidate The youngest in candidate years. in decades, yeah. But the, the point is, New, Newsom will be perfectly competent and sufficiently evil for the Democrats to run him as a community candidate. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to check you out on the evilometer. Yeah, well... Well, yeah. Answer, um, answer this quiz. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Mostly C's. You're a perfect presidential candidate. <laughs> Actual evil villain. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know who the legacy candidate to uh, Trump will be, but if it's Tucker Carlson, they could do a lot worse, right? So anyway. Is, is that serious or is that what I'm just seeing people suggest? I don't know. I'm just being way optimistic. Oh, okay. Um, Christ King, uh, Chris King says, at least Biden is senile enough to admit China is a dictatorship. <laughs> Gavin Newsom's not going to do that, though. Gavin Newsom will probably take the uh, Trudeau line. of China's really leading the way. I've got I, a lot to learn from them. I love in that clip, you can see the exact moment where Blinken's heart breaks in half. It's just like... Um, as an Australian, our pathetic joke of a PM refused to answer the question. Dodging the question is the most effort he put into anything beyond the voice. Uh, edit, I love the birthday stock. Pick up several items. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I designed them myself. Uh, Risto says, remember how they accused Trump of playing buddy-buddy with dictators? <laughs> Literally, the, the evil dictator is the only reason we're going to clear up the asshole you live in. It's... Uh, it, I, I don't know how they can stand to be insulted in this way. I don't know how they can take it. I mean, you know, our government's the same. It drives me mental. But I think, God, everything sucks. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were being optimistic. I'm trying. I'm trying. I really am an optimist. I want to be optimistic, but everything's just so obviously terrible, and but so obviously the consequence of our own making that it's really frustrating. Like we could fix any of these problems at any time. There's no lack of material, no lack of manpower, no lack of expertise, no lack of technology. It's because we choose to just allow ourselves to just become terrible. Am I wrong? We have a lack of leadership. Yes, it's all a lack of leadership. Uh, Harry's big toe. What? I don't know. What the? Newsom's behavior is logically consistent with the intersectional wokest mindset. They view the signifier of value and quality of something, be it themselves or their own city, and it's perception by those with power as opposed to being connected to any standard moral value. Uh, yes. He I didn't is, listen to a word. I'm still trying to decipher why he's named himself such, but... He, the, the, the value of things comes from the perception of others. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you, because you're part of the constituency, think it's terrible, because there's no standard uh, outside of that. If Xi Jinping were to come over and see it. Um, the MSM will probably... Big Ed says, the MSM will probably try to keep Gavin Newsom out of the spotlight for as long as possible to minimize the mudslinging for pushing him as Biden's successor. Yeah, if there's one thing the left is good at, it's message discipline when it comes to this sort of stuff. The right's terrible at it, as you can see with the DeSantis-Trump thing. I mean, it should never have been a, a thought in anyone's mind. It's like, no, we've got our guy because he's got the mandate of heaven. So I still find it hilarious that some 
editor intern for DeSantis managed to throw a black sun into the background of one of his promotional yes. videos. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that pass at, um like the an eyeball test? Just you watch it once after it's done the edit. Yeah. And then this is going to go out to millions of people to advertise for a presidential campaign. This imagery is somewhat, somewhat loaded. Has mild, mild, mild controversy attached to it. Someone online says, picture from Pooh Bear's visit with disgusting, no American flags, CCP flags everywhere, big red Chinese signs. They look like they've been conquered. Yes. Uh, California Refugee says, I just want to say thank you for covering this and, and more on California. There's just too much California news to share in a week and, th- and in 30 seconds. Uh, as a kid, I saw Newsom and I knew he looked like a bad guy from Batman's Gotham City. Yeah. He's actually mental. Actually, does actually. Yeah. He really is his smile as well. It's just such a joker smile. He genuinely looks like an evil villain. I need to see those edits now. Yeah. Matt says institute based hiring standards, fire every single public sector worker, all problem solved. Uh, Matt also says democracy, when the state establishes endless institutions to obstruct and delay any implementation of the will of the people. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, although I, I will say it's even worse than that because, and then does the opposite of what you want because they hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're a racist. Uh, Earl of Crumpet says, this is your daily reminder that it was the uh, it was the exception for the British Empire to have more than a thousand civil servants in India at, all, at a time. We have 500,000. Yeah, we, we managed to manage and maintain all of the British Raj with, what, with a thousand people. Jesus Christ. And this is when India was bigger as well because it also took in, what, Bangladesh and Pakistan as well? And yeah. Burma. Uh, oh, yeah, and Burma, yeah. And probably so, parts of Afghanistan. So a, th- a thousand intelligent British men were able to manage that, and now we've got who knows how many headless chickens running around Whitehall. Thank you. And it's just all so solvable. That's the thing that really bothers me about this. Like this. You can clear the streets of San Francisco. You can maintain your borders. You can clear yeah. them out. Whenever you but want. But nobody wants to. Whenever you want. Like, as if we don't have a navy that could just patrol the channel or something. Like, all of the, just <laughs> Silly Carl. Britain's never been known for its navy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Britain, navy, no idea what you're talking about. Got an NHS, though. Uh, Dragonhawk Red says, I vote Carl for God King of the Anglosphere so we can get rid of not only the British Civil Service, but the American one as well. Oh, would happily. Uh, Matt P says, I'm so sorry you suggested you need to do your actual jobs. Uh, it's awful, I know. Thanks, Sweller. Just, honestly, just the whole thing. I, I'm, I know I'm just... It's just... I wish we had good news on Fridays. That's all I'm saying, right? You're about to go into the weekend, and the last thing you want to hear is, by the way, it's all totally solvable, but the people in charge hate you and they never will solve anything. So uh, pay your taxes. That's not really the message I want to give people on a Friday. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that message at the end. The problem is just that if you don't pay your taxes, you will end up in prison. Yeah. Well, you got no choice. Yeah. yeah. They will literally screw. They've got a million civil servants to make sure it happens. What's up? I had good news. Oh, Bin Laden's back in town. What are you? Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, who's back? Back again. <laughs> Andrew says, so Carl, given how the Venn diagram of those now venerating Bin Laden and those supporting Palestine is basically a circle, still think both sides are roughly equal in the war? The enemy of my enemy might not be my friend, but the enemy, the friend of my enemy is probably my enemy as well. I mean, I don't think they're roughly equal. But I don't, I don't think Israel is the same as Hamas. If that's what you're saying, Andrew. So, no, I, I, haven't, and I haven't said that. Uh, uh, Matt says, it's just so stupid, Carl Benjamin 2023. It just is. Like, it, just, it just is. 
Uh, Furious Dan says this reeks of a Chinese style, like everything else on TikTok. I'm a bit skeptical of this because, of course, you immediately think that because it's TikTok. Don't get me wrong. Like, part of my brain's thinking <clears> that too. But you know when you speak to someone and they always tell you they've been suppressed by YouTube and then they've got like 10 subscribers and you're just like, come on. Like, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm thinking that... I mean, technically that's true, but not because YouTube knows who you are. But if this wasn't on TikTok, if this was a trend on Twitter, it would be just as expected. Yeah. So that's why I'm a bit suspicious of every time something happens on TikTok, the CCP have orchestrated it. So I think that there's a more indirect way of framing it. As in the CCP, I don't doubt, are playing... They're interested in helping this. They're, they're definitely, there's there's well, trends already at play. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. The, but the, the, the trends that the CCP have been promoting are the PSYOP. So make everything like, you know, leftist, anti-America, anti-West, anti-family, anti-common sense, anti-hardworking, anti-talent, all of, you know, all of the, the, the sludge that's making the Zoomers and anyone addicted to TikTok the terrible people they clearly are, right? That, and, th- and this is just another thing that goes into that river. You know, and this so, is happening anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so when they then discover Bin Laden's letter, he's like, "I hate America, and I think that all the Jews should be dissolved from wherever." Yeah, if I'm a CCP agent, I'm hit and promote. Well, you don't even need to hit promote. All of the people you've already primed to receive that message. We're like, "Yeah, good point. I hate America too." My God, you know, I wonder why I hate America as I continually scroll anti-white, anti-Western, anti-capitalist TikTok videos. I do love some people were commenting about the fact that. You can tell that none of these people actually read the bloody letter. Yeah, of course. Because not a single one actually quoted anything. Or were like, okay, I agree with this anti-America stance. I don't agree with the anti-gay stance. There's no way they got that far. Yeah, there's no way. They read like, let's get it up, in fact. I wonder, can we, can we guess as to what point they stopped reading? That's, that's the jihad. That's the more fun one. Carl, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've just found a, a premium video for you to do, for you and Bo to do for Epochs. David Mitchell will be sitting down on the 28th of November with Mary Beard, a beard for a discussion on history. Mary Beard is a feminist classicist and thinks that... Well, David Mitchell, if I remember correctly, has just put out a book on the history of the British monarchy. Yep. Let, let me see. Called Unruly, the Ridiculous History of England's Kings and Queens. Big bonkers British history is one of those in that genre. Big Blimey, bonkers, balmy British history. Bo and I have been doing a long-running series on the kings of England, and they're epic. Like any other country would be envious of the royal families of England. But have you considered how balmy they were? How ridiculous they were? They prance about in crowns and big fancy jewels. How silly. Conquered things. (laughs) Yeah, but they were really mean about it. Yeah, Why Why didn't they ask them for permission first? Sorry, do you mind if I take some of your land, please? Sophie says, my big question is, when are these people going to realize they agree with portions of Mein Kampf? Well, the problem you have there is Hitler's white. Um, someone online... Oh, right there. Hmm? There's the only thing that holds Hitler back. Yeah. He'd be Hitler... far more mainstream these days if he didn't have that damn white skin. Yeah, personally, I adhere to Benjamin Franklin's view of whiteness. So actually, Hitler is rendered as a person of color. He's tawny. So we just, you just need the Palestine movement to engage. They're swarthy. Okay. <laughs> I'll find it for you. I, I, I think we've already shown it to Callum. Yeah, I, right. I do love that his definition of white excludes the really Nordic countries. Yeah, like the Scandinavians s- aren't white. Well, well, the Danish are white. Yeah, the, but su- the, Norwegians, the southern Danes, the northern Germans. The, the Norwegians the and the Swedes for some, yeah. somehow are swarthy. Yeah, but 
you know, French swarthy, Italian swarthy, Austrian swarthy. Also, some of the really. Oh, no, no, the tawny side. Also, some of the really northern <laughs> uppermost parts of Scotland, also not white. Yeah. King tawny. Canute, not white. <laughs> no, no, King Canute probably would have been white, actually. Yeah, actually, probably would. Because he was from Denmark. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. ETFO'd. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> King Canute this... in the white race. Getting back to this letter, though, because I was, I was reading. William the Conqueror, not. Yeah, he's not white. <laughs> he's tawny. Like, I'm reading this, there's Quran quotes, and then he just says, why? Because uh, Palestine, you attacked us. I think about here they stopped. Yeah. Because I, I love this bit. I mean, this is the real problem, again, with bin Laden's speeches in general. They're just bollocks, as you can read here. When the Muslims conquered Palestine and drove out the Romans, Palestine and Jerusalem returned to Islam. Returned? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it didn't exist. Well, the, the, yeah, but there's a... There's the like, there, weird the, nonsense of like, the whole world is really Muslim, but doesn't know it. They've all got yeah. false consciousness yeah, yeah, by like, being a real Muslim. Jesus like, was a Muslim, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. They, they, yeah they this is a strange history. like black Hebrew-Israelite style history. Yes. You're all Muslims, you just don't know it yet. Well, I mean, they do, because it's an Abrahamic religion, they do incorporate Jesus as a prophet, just not the son of God, as far as I'm just aware. Just all of them are yeah. prophets. I just, I, and they were all Muslims. Abraham was a Muslim 3,000 years ago. Anyway, um, someone online says, to be fair, this is what they've been taught in school since age five. America bad, therefore anything that goes against America is good. Yeah, which just goes to show how the conservatives of the West have allowed this to proliferate in our own civilizations. I mean, why, why is there a huge and very vocal movement against the very civilization in which they live anyway? Well, it's just an unthinkable thing in any other previous time or place. I mean, these people tear down statues of George Washington and then do TikToks about how Bin Laden was right. Like, like, can you conceive of something like that in the 50s? No, but you can't conceive of it anywhere else either. Like, in, in ancient Rome, there wasn't an anti-Rome faction in Rome. It was like, the Roman Empire's bad and needs to be torn down. There wasn't that. I'm thinking even of the, of the communists you hear about in the 50s that still thought Stalin didn't do nothing. In America. What were they? I mean, maybe a few thousand intellectuals at best. Yeah. Not a mass movement. Yeah, but they movement. were allowed to propagandize generations of students. Yeah, yeah. But it's... it's Rather than being put against them. The, the scale of the problem is, is Sophie, hard to comprehend. Sophie makes your point. Funny how none of these people are quoting the letter they supposedly read. Not a single one. Yeah. That's because they would have to have been like, yeah, I hate the Jews too. And all those gays and fornicators and drinkers... God only knows what Bin Laden thought about drugs and uh, bisexuality and pronouns. Well, here's a good uh, thing for us to think about. The Labour Party. So you know how they've been getting rid of the anti-Semites? Yeah. And then you've seen what's happened in the last uh, well, two days. Well, the Muslim demographics like, we're not voting for you. No, there was a massive, um, well, there was a vote on the British Parliament calling for a ceasefire in Israel, which oh, yeah, yeah. means nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> a complete waste of time. Yeah. But because some Labour MPs didn't vote for it, they abstained. Yeah. Like loads of hordes of leftists and Muslims have been going to their offices and beating the crap out of it and throwing stuff at it. And oh no! Beating them. Oh no! And this includes Keir Starmer's front bench, which of course yeah. him yeah. having a, a wife that they don't like. Um, oh really? Is she Jewish? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I don't know how things are going to go in the Labour Party, but and yet they're still at fifty percent in the polls. Yes. Just God damn it. Anyway, Bongoon says. Rishi totally is a cartoon mouse. I can't unsee it now. It's the ears that does it. It's also his kind of uh, big goggly eyes as well. He's got really big eyes that are just like, they look, because they're black, they look like cartoon eyes. Because, uh, you know, there's no like iris you can see because it's all really dark. And so with the big ears and his kind of like soft, 
again, kind of cartoonish face. His hair as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. It looks like it's a drawn thing. And so he just looks like a cartoon mouse. So it's like, okay, well, this country is a joke. The people running it are a joke. But thank God it's the end of the day on Friday. Well, if you'd like more, come back. (laughs) If you'd like to get some merch, go to the merch store. Otherwise, I'm back on Monday. Bye.